Welcome to the Shepherd's Voice with Pastor Johnny Awanyo. This simple, scripturally sound preaching and teaching of the Word of God will direct you to Jesus, the Good Shepherd. Follow the Shepherd's Voice into the green pastures that God has purposed for you. There, you'll find rest for your soul and the fulfilled Christian experience you crave. God bless you as you listen. Hallelujah. And welcome to the Shepherd's Fold Restoration family. Now, Jesus Christ, the great shepherd, is the shepherd of this fold. We belong to his fold. We belong to his church. And he is the one who is in charge here. Hallelujah. Now, we believe that as we lift up the name of Jesus, souls will be won. Lives will be restored. Needs will be met. And problems will be solved. And this morning, I want you to get ready because Jesus is coming your way with his word. Hallelujah. Look into the face of your neighbor. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, I am excited for you. Because something good is coming your way. Because of that, I know that your life, I said your life, I said your life, will never, ever, never, ever, never, never, ever, ever, be the same again. Give Jesus a mighty hand clap. Bow on your hearts and let us pray. We are grateful to you, O oh God, for bringing us to this point in the service. A very important point where your word is just about to come forth. We know it is your word. And we know that you are gracious enough to use these lips of clay to bring your living word that is able to save our souls. We ask, O oh God, that your spirit will be released amongst us today as your word is coming. We recognize that without your spirit, there's no way we can comprehend the truths and the revelations in your word. And so Holy Spirit, brood amongst us today and touch everyone here, touch everyone who is watching, either presently or will be watching later in the course of the day or the week. I pray in the name of Jesus that your word will be quickened in our lives. And that it will go to work, reposition things, restore things, bring a revival, bring a major change and a transformation into our lives. I thank you, Father. I ask that you'll anoint me today to speak your word unto your people. Let your name be glorified at the end of it all. In Jesus' mighty name. And let everybody say, Amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. And thank you, Pastor James, for a nice introduction. I was wondering who you were talking about, you know. And um, when you started case study uh, of corruption, I was quite disturbed because I didn't get the relationship between that and what I've been preaching about. But then later on, I understood what you were talking about. Hallelujah. Turn your Bibles with me to Deuteronomy chapter 1. 
and we're reading from verse 6 to 7. Hallelujah. Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 6 to 7. And last week, I started sharing with you on the case for progress and advancement. The case for progress and advancement. So that was part one. And today, I'm moving on to the second part of that subject. Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 6 to 7. When we were at Mount Sinai, the Lord our God said to us, You have stayed at this mountain long enough. It is time to break camp and move on. Go to the hill country of the Amorites and to all the neighboring regions, the Jordan Valley, the hill country, the western foothills, the Negev, and the coastal plain. Go to the land of the Canaanites and to Lebanon and all the way to the great Euphrates River. Verse 6 again. When we were at Mount Sinai, the Lord our God said to us, You have stayed at this mountain long enough. It is time to break camp and move on. Hallelujah. God gave a message to the people of Israel through his servant Moses. And the message to the people was that they had stayed at one particular place, which was Mount Sinai, for too long. A little research on this revealed to me that they stayed at Mount Sinai for 11 months, almost one year. Now, it was a very important part of their journey because during that period that they were on Mount Sinai, God was actually preparing them for what was going to come. And the structures that were going to govern the nation were actually put in place during that period that they were at Mount Sinai. And so it was not a waste of time at all. And I'm going to teach you later on what happens on your Mount Sinai. How many would like to know what happens on your Mount Sinai? So remind me to teach you on that one of these days. But after the 11th month or so, God gave an instruction and said to the people, you have stayed here for too long. It is time for you to break camp and move on. In other words, God was saying to them, it is time for you to progress and advance. This, we believe, is a message, a prophetic message from God to us for the year 2022. And the message is that 2022 will be our year of progress and advancement. Hallelujah. And I've explained to you what it means to progress. It means to go forward, to grow, to develop, to continue, to forge ahead. I also explained to you what it means to advance. To advance means to increase in quantity and in value. It means to improve. It means to grow or rise in importance, status, or rank. I told you the other time, and I'm repeating it to you today, that this year, your level will change. This year, your level will change. You are not going to go down. You are going to go up. You are not going to decrease. You are going to increase. 
God is going to cause you to be divinely elevated in the course of the year. And all the delays, all the setbacks, all the disappointments, all the frustrations of your life. I'm believing God with you that in this year 2022, there's going to be a revolution and a turnaround in your life. Shout, I receive it. Say it one more time. Say it for the third time. Hallelujah. And so it will be our year of progress and advancement. Now, I want you to try very hard not to reduce this message to a financial message. Don't reduce this message to a message on finances or on money or anything like that. Now, it is inclusive. Yes. Because God, when he comes into a person's life to bless him or her, he has the total well-being of the person in mind. Not just an aspect of your life. I want to submit to you this morning that your salvation is incomplete when it does not reflect in every area of your life. Don't be satisfied with something that is a far cry from what God planned it to be. And when God came into your heart, when you received Jesus as Lord and Savior, that thing called salvation that you've experienced is a total package. And so, yes, it includes your finances. Yes, it includes your quality of life. Yes, it includes your total well-being. But when I talk about your year of progress and advancement, don't just restrict it to that alone. Because when you do that, you are it. It is something that must influence and affect every dimension, every aspect, and every phase of your life. And this is the year we begin to see significant change and progress in every aspect of your life. Can I have a believer shout aloud, Amen? amen. Shout your Amen like that. I heard somebody say that yesterday and I was very excited about it. Shout another amen like thunder. And so, different areas of your life will be affected this year. Knowing Jesus will be affected. Getting close to God will be affected. Becoming more like Jesus will happen to you practically our relationship with God, our closeness to him, we will progress and advance in that. Hallelujah. Our knowledge and understanding of the scriptures, we will progress and advance in that. Can I have another? Amen. Our spirituality. Spirituality. We will see progress and development in that. Hallelujah. You see, to be spiritual is to see life not just from a natural or a physical perspective. That's what it means to be spiritual. You don't just reduce everything to natural laws. But when you are spiritual, you understand that there is more than meets the eye. When you are spiritual, recognize the fact that there is a God who sits on his throne up in heaven above and he rules in the affairs of this life. 
when you are spiritual you acknowledge God in everything that you do you know the story about the rich fool in the Bible who reaped in a great harvest and then he set into motion a lot of plants so what he did was he decided that he was going to pull down his old bands so that he could create more space for the, the, the crops that he had harvested. And then he said after he's done that, he's going to tell his soul, So, Mekra, eat, drink, and make merry. In other words, Jueni. That's what he said he was going to tell himself. And God was very unhappy with him. Now, was it because he had prospered and or because he wanted to enjoy himself? No. But the problem that God had with him, and I know that God had a problem with him because God told him that tonight your soul will be required from you. In other words, I will kill you. <laughs> That's what God said. I will kill you. And God is a killer. He can kill if he wants to kill. Amen. Now, God wasn't upset with him because projecting for the future. God was upset with him because in all of these things that he was planning to do, he didn't acknowledge God. There was no God factor in it. There was no recognition of the fact that everything that he had succeeded at, that he had achieved, that he had accomplished, God was the reason for it. Because ladies and gentlemen, the truth still stands that every good gift and every perfect gift comes from above. And what do you have that you have not received? And if you have received it, why do you glory as if you did not receive it? So when you are spiritual, you recognize God. And you think about things not just from a natural perspective. When you're spiritual, just don't wake up in the morning, then straight to the kitchen. Both fruit, uh, 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 hot oven, tea. Do they have tea bread? No. Butter bread, cake bread, sugar bread, wheat bread, and every kind of bread. Now that's the first thing you go for. You get half a loaf of bread, slice it into two, then you get a, a, a peanut butter. Do you know peanut? You know peanut? Garnets. On Katia. Did I tell you the story of this lady who was doing a brothel? Saw somebody selling, you know, granuts. And then she shouted, Peanuts! Peanut seller! Peanut seller! And the person wasn't minding it. Realized that the more she shouted, the further the lady went. So now she dropped her brothel and shouted, Inketieche! And immediately the woman turned. Hallelujah! You smear peanut butter into it and eat. That's the first thing you do when you wake up in the morning. It shows that you are very carnal. Spiritual people, when they wake up, they spend time to pray, to acknowledge God, to read their Bible, to have their quiet time. And this year, our naturalness will give way to spirituality. Our carnality will give way to spirituality. You'll be more spiritual than you've ever been before. And we will rise higher and higher in the realm of the spirit. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, watch me closely this year. You begin to call me Sister Spirit. Clap your hands and bless the name of the Lord. So we are continuing our study on the case for progress and advancement. And I explained to you that when we say the case for something, 
when we say the case for progress and advancement, we are talking about the arguments, the facts, and the reasons that support progress and advancement. Because I must convince you that progress and advancement is God's plan for your life. That's why I'm presenting the case for progress and advancement. And today is the second part of it. Last week I told you that progress and advancement is part of God's original design for mankind. Is that not so? Progress and advancement is part of God's original design for you and I. How do we know? Because in Genesis chapter 1, we discover that after God had created man, he blessed him. And then he gave an instruction. He said to him, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and have dominion. Now, you can summarize all of that into progress and advance. So it was an instruction that God gave from the very beginning. And that is his plan and intention for each and every one of us. So even though when God created Adam and Eve, he put them in a beautiful garden, a limited space, a beautiful place, and gave them an instruction to dress it and keep it. His intention was not, was, was not that they would spend all their life in that garden. He wanted them to move on from there and to actually fill the whole earth and, and to subdue it and to have dominion. In other words, his plan was that they will advance and they will progress. So you must believe that progress and advancement is part of God's original plan for your life. Number two, when man resisted the plan of God to progress and advance, God reacted speedily. God responded speedily. So in Genesis chapter 11, the people of the earth in defiance of the instruction that God had given, that they should fill the earth, replenish it and subdue it, they decided that they didn't want to go anywhere. They wanted to stay where they were. And in those times, they spoke one language on the earth. And everybody could understand everybody else. And rather than progressing and advancing, they decided that they were going to stay where they were contrary to the instruction of God and they were going to build a tower and make a great name for themselves. And God came down, saw what they were doing and reacted speedily. He scrambled the language and that was the introduction of the different languages of the earth. Because God realized that once they can understand themselves and there was unity and understanding amongst them, there was nothing that they set out to do that they would not be able to achieve it. And because he was not happy with what they were doing, because it was against his instruction, he messed their plan up completely. So I'm explaining to you that when the people of the earth resisted God's instruction to progress and advance, God reacted speedily. It is a case for progress and advancement that it is not something that God wants to compromise on at all. Hallelujah. I am declaring to you again that this year, whether you like it or not, whether you think you can or not, by the grace of God, you will progress and you will advance. As long as I remain your pastor and I remain your shepherd or apprentice shepherd, because Jesus himself is the main shepherd and I'm the apprentice. So you can call me apprentice Johnny. As long as I am playing this apprentice role in your life, I will do everything in my power, so help me God, to, to 
drive you, to inspire you, to encourage you, to move from where you are to a higher level in your life, you will progress. You will advance. You will progress. You will advance in every area of your life. Shall I receive it? Number three, the case for progress and advancement. So this is where we are continuing from. We must progress and advance in order to resist the plan of the devil to stop us from doing so. We must progress and advance in order to resist the plan of the devil to stop us from doing so. That means to stop us from progressing and advancing. We must progress and advance in order to resist the plan of the devil to stop us from doing so. Ladies and gentlemen, just as God has a plan for your life, our great enemy himself, the devil, Satan, Beelzebub, Diabolos, Abonsam, what other name have you given to him? That's all. You don't know any of uh, Medra, Liar. These are all titles of the devil. Just as God has a plan for your life, the devil, our greatest and our arch enemy, also has plans for us. And you see, if you want to understand what the devil's plans for your life are, Think about what God's plans are for your life. The opposite of those plans is what the devil has intended. So if you want to know if God's plan is for you to be healthy or to be healed, the plan of the devil for your life is that you'll be sick and that you, you will not do well or you'll not, you'll not recover from the sickness that afflicts your body. If God's plan for you is to prosper, the plan of the devil for your life is you should be poor. If the plan of God for your life is that your marriage should work, the plan of the devil for your life is that your marriage should fail. So it's not difficult to know what the devil's plan for our lives is. And if God's plan for us is to progress and advance, then it goes without question that the plan of the devil for our lives is that we will not progress and that we will not advance and that we will rather retrogress and that we will go lower than where God intends us to be. And so when we progress and we advance, it's a sign that we have been able to resist the plan of the devil to stop us from progressing and advancing. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11. 2 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 11. And we are reading from the New Living Translation. NLT. Alright. It's on your screen. Can you read it together with me? Ready? Go. Hallelujah. This year the devil will not outsmart you any longer. 
he'll not be able to trick you anymore. So that Satan will not outsmart us. For we are familiar with his evil schemes. The King James says, devices. You are able to insulate yourself from the tricks of the enemy when you get to know everything that he's trying to do in your life and against you. That's the only way you can protect yourself from the evil schemes of the evil one. And I am revealing to you through this message that one of his evil schemes is that you shouldn't progress. That you shouldn't do well. That you should stay where you are. That life should take a photograph of you. In key, what does it mean? That's the plan of the devil. He wants life to take a picture of you. And it's a, it's a, it's a sad picture. It's a picture of you looking some way and kept. Nothing is working for you. Your hair is overgrown. Your trousers pure. You're, you're looking very some way. Your eyes have sunk in. Your neck looking very thin. Everything about you looks about you looks a certain way. That is what God, that's what the devil actually wants for you. Now, when you begin to progress and advance in your life, it means that you've been able to successfully resist the plan of the devil against you. And this year we will resist him. This year we resist him. He will not be able to outsmart us anymore. Because by the grace of God, we will progress and we will advance. Shout amen. Shout your amen like thunder. John chapter 10 verse 10. The thief's purpose. Now this is referring to the devil. Is to steal. And kill and destroy. My purpose, and this is Jesus or God speaking, is to give them. Can you read it with me? Give them what? Read it again. Give them what? A rich and satisfying life. Now, these are not my words, these are the words of Jesus. And he's comparing and contrasting his purpose with that of the devil. He starts off by describing the devil as a And he says his purpose against us is to steal from us. It's to kill us. And to kill a lot of things to do with us and to destroy us. Now when somebody steals from you, he's trying to stop your progress and development. When somebody kills you or tries to kill something in your life, he is doing that because he wants to stop you from progressing and he wants to stop you from advancing. When somebody destroys your peace, destroys your confidence, destroys your joy, destroys your business, destroys your marriage, destroys your friendship, destroys your finances, his intention is to stop you from progressing and advancing. And that is the plan of the devil. And ladies and gentlemen, this year we will not allow him to get away with it. Did you hear me? We will not allow him to get away with it. For too many years of our lives, 
he seems to have outsmarted us. He seems to have had the upper hand over us. But this year I declare by the power that is in the name of Jesus that the tables are turning round. You know, when we were growing up, I was born in Labadi. They used to have close to the seaside. They had some stables there then. And we used to live very close to where the stables were. So I grew up with my grand brethren. And growing up, there were times when fights break out. So, you know, two people would just start fighting. Do you see? Now, one of the things that clearly showed who the winner was, was if your opponent is able to put your back to the ground, sit on you, and then to complete the humiliation, he will fetch sand or sand gari and then put it in your mouth. So that's what showed total victory over your enemy. This year, the devil will not sit on you anymore. This year, he will not give you sand gari to eat anymore. The tables are about to turn. The mighty hand of God is reaching down to you. You have been down all this while. But the hand of God is flipping you over. This time your enemy's back will be on the ground. You'll be sitting on him. And you'll be feeding him with gari, with stones, with water in the ground and somebody's urine. Shout hallelujah. Clap your hands and bless the name of Jesus. So we must progress and advance so as to resist the plan of the devil to stop us from doing so. Number four, and this I touched on during the 31st watch night service. Whenever God chooses an individual or a group of people, whenever he uses anybody, whenever he visits anybody, one of the net results of that is that there is progress and advancement. I'll say it again. Whenever God chooses an individual or a group of people, whenever God chooses an individual or a group of people, whenever God uses anybody, and whenever God visits anybody, one of the net results that is the outcome of that visitation or God choosing that person one of the net results is that there is always progress and advancement and so if you claim that God has chosen you if we claim that God is using us if we claim that God has actually visited us in this life, then one of the things we are expecting to see in our lives is progress, advancement. Why? Because when I take my Bible and I read through it, I see that whenever God chose anybody, 
whenever God used anybody, whenever God visited anybody, several things happened. But there's a pattern that I see all the time. And what pattern is that? There's always progress. There's always advancement in that person's life. Get your Bible. Read through it. Scan it. Study the lives of the people God chose. The people God used. The people God visited. You will not fail to see that in all the instances, there was progress and there was advancement in their lives. Now, how does that progress and advancement manifest itself? Through how blessed they became. Or through the great things that God used them to accomplish. Or how they, who they became or how their lives were transformed. That is how you measure the progress, the development, and the advancement in their lives. So I am making a case for progress and advancement in our lives. Based on this discovery that I have made. That whenever God chooses anybody, or uses anybody, or visits anybody. Whenever a person encounters God in a certain way. One of the net results is that there is progress and there is advancement in the person's life. Remember, that advancement and progress will be seen in the blessings that you begin to enjoy, in the things that you begin to accomplish, in who you will actually become at the end of the day. And I shared with you examples. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Look at another example, Joseph. Genesis chapter 41, verse 37 to 45. Genesis 41, 37 to 45. The case for progress and advancement. New Living Translation. Joseph's suggestions. Now, you know the story of Joseph. The story of Joseph is a story of a young boy who had great expectations concerning his future based on a dream or a set of dreams that God had given to him. So he knew instinctively that there was a great future ahead of him. In his naivety, he started telling everybody around him about the dream that he had. Not realizing that sharing your dreams prematurely can lead to an abortion of everything that God is going to do in your life. And so you must be careful who you share your dreams with. You don't broadcast everything that you want to do to everybody around you. It's a mistake. But we can't blame him for it because he was a small boy. He didn't have experience. He told his brothers his dream and his brothers were good at interpreting dreams. So they knew that the dream was 
against them. It was in Joseph's favor and they were going to be at the losing end of it. Another dream tell his father and his father even had to rebuke him because this other dream that he had he said he saw the sun and the moon and something 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 were bowing down before him 11 stars bowing down before when he told his father that his father said hey in this dream i am the sun your mother is the moon the 11 stars are your brothers it is okay if the 11 stars are bowing how dare you to dream that I your father the sun and your mother the moon we have joined the 11 stars to pay obeisance to you I'm sure he told him go and undream that dream it's wrong his brothers never forgave him for that dream and one day when they had the opportunity to harm him they actually set out to do that his father sent him to his brothers they had sent their father's um, animals to go and graze in the wilderness his father sent him to take supplies to them when they saw him come and say behold the dreamer this is our opportunity when they caught him their intention was to kill him but you see if you are a career of a great destiny, you cannot be killed before your time. Your amen is not convincing. If God has a great plan and projection for your life, nobody can terminate it. They will try, but it won't work out. Look, I don't want you to move through this life as if you are on your own. That there's nobody with you. That you are helpless. That you are at the mercy of the devil. In fact, it's one of the saddest things that I find with a lot of us Christians. It's as if when God says, I will never leave you nor forsake you, it is not true. It is as if the devil can just hit us anytime and at will. It is as if the power of the devil to harm us and to hurt us is far superior to the power of God to protect us and to keep us. And so it is as if that the devil is the all-powerful one and God is the least powerful one. How dare you to think that way? How dare you? And that mindset has to change. And I have a problem with pastors and prophets who keep painting that picture for their church members and give them an impression that the devil is so powerful that if when they have any dream that is a little some way, immediately it means that something bad is about to happen. The devil is out to get you. Come for aquanche and direction. The only aquanche and direction that you need is this. The next time you dream and you see a cow wearing kambu, red one, and chasing you, when you see that cow, 
catch it in your dream. Kill it. Prepare cow soup. You can do kebab. Just make sure you spice it well. Or jollof. How do you want it? You want to prepare the stew separately or you want to mix the meat with the jollof as it is cooking? You want to mix it. You want to follow your pastor. Beautiful. Do that and eat and make yourself happy. It's not time to be running around. Who told you that? And they are pastors and prophets. Who will always make their poor victims feel that the devil is so powerful that he can destroy everything that God has planned and purposed for their life. I beg to differ. I beg to differ because my Bible doesn't teach me so. Whatever shortcomings, whatever failures, whatever disappointments you are seeing in your life currently, may I announce to you they are temporary. They will not be a permanent feature of your life. I declare it today in Jesus name. I refuse to succumb to those theories. They caught Joseph. Wanted to kill him. But God protected him. They put him in a pit. But God protected him. They sold him into slavery. But God was with him. He ended up in the house of Potiphar. One of the chief officials of Pharaoh. Who was the king of Egypt. And in that situation, God even promoted and elevated him. It looked as if he had found rest. When Potiphar's wife set her eyes on him. And tried to seduce him. He avoided it. And because he wanted to do the right thing, he ended up in prison. That period of Joseph's trials and challenges and difficulty was about 13 years. He was the one that God gave that vision to that he was going to become great. And for 13 years, it was like so so setewa. When it looks like things are going to work out, no, then something happens to him. But after the 13th year, something happened. Pharaoh had a dream and needed somebody to interpret it. And Joseph by this time had built a reputation for himself as an interpreter of dreams. They pulled him from prison. He shaved his beard. And then he went to hear Pharaoh's dream. And he interpreted it correctly. You know, you should be experienced at knowing whether the interpretation of your dream is correct or wrong. Oh yeah. You must develop that skill. Why? Because you also you have the spirit of God in you. Nobody has exclusive rights to the Holy Spirit. Should I say it again to you? Nobody has exclusive rights to the Holy Spirit. So that thing that they make people feel that for, for your life to go a certain way, for you to prosper, for you to do well, for you to succeed, then I must, I, must, I, you, I, I must be the covering. 
<laughs> I, I, I must be the covering of your life. So a pastor can look at, you know, his son in the ministry and say, I have taken my covering of you. Your covering. Who do you think you are? You think you are God? That you can look at somebody and say, I made you. <laughs> you, you made who? God uses people to carry out his purposes and intentions. Never ever think when God is using you to be a blessing to somebody that you are the one who blessed him. Because you cannot bless anybody. You cannot bless anybody. God for the honor and the privilege done you that he's using you to do something in somebody's life but don't ever have the audacity to think that you are the one who made the person we will always thank you and acknowledge your input in our lives uh, your input in, in everything that we're doing in our blessings and everything but excuse me every good gift and every perfect gift it comes from above and it descends from the father of lights with whom is no variableness neither shadow of turning so don't talk about you made anybody it's a wrong way to think back to joseph he interprets the dreams and the bible says joseph's suggestions were well received by pharaoh and his officials so pharaoh asked his officials can we find anyone else like this man so obviously filled with the spirit of god then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Since God has revealed the meaning of the dreams to you, clearly no one else is as intelligent or wise as you are. You will be in charge of my court, and all my people will take orders from you. Only I, sitting on my throne, will have a, a rank higher than yours. Pharaoh said to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of the entire land of Egypt. Clap your hands for the Lord. He was in prison. And within hours, the previous night, he slept as a prisoner. The following day, when he went to sleep, he was the number two citizen of the kingdom of Egypt. That is why I can tell you emphatically today that with God, a thousand years are like a day and a day like a thousand years your the story of your life your story and your destiny can change instantly just by one visitation of god just by one intervention of god in your life that is why i can tell you tomorrow by this time God will make a way for you. He will make a way. Tomorrow by this time. God will make a way for you. Oh, he will make a way. Within hours, Joseph's life changed. And from languishing in some cold cell somewhere. <laughs> he came out. That is progress. That is 
advancement. And that was the story of Joseph. The next verse. 42. 42. Then Pharaoh removed his signet ring from his hand and placed it on Joseph's finger. He dressed him in fine linen clothing and hung a gold chain around his neck. Even your sports will change this year. You move around looking too wretched. Now I see dignity and honor coming upon you. I see nobility becoming part of your life. Receive it in the name of Jesus. Then he had Joseph ride in the chariot reserved for his second in command. And wherever Joseph went, the command was shouted, kneel down. I said he was a prisoner. Then the prisoner within hours becomes the vice president of the superpower of their time. And everywhere he went, people just kept kneeling down. They just shout, Joseph is coming. And the response is to do what? Kneel down. People will salute you from this so pharaoh put joseph in charge of all egypt next verse and pharaoh said to him i am pharaoh but no one will lift a hand or foot in the entire land of egypt without your approval nobody you cannot lift your hand and move your foot unless joseph says so I'm talking about progress and advancement. The kind that God brings. Next verse. Then Pharaoh gave Joseph a new Egyptian name. Zaphenath Pania. Edin Yehu. Zaphenath Pania. Edin Yetof. Zaphenath Pania. Edin Ye. Heavy. His name was changed. Why is that? He hasn't produced any interesting song. He has a lot of nice, very creative songs, you know. Ephraim, Ephraim, Ephraim. I don't understand. But that is a song he composed. And he had a Zaphonet. That was the name that was given to Joseph. He also gave him a wife whose name was Asenath. She was the daughter of Potiphar, the priest of On. So Joseph took charge of the entire land of Egypt. Now, this was somebody they set out to destroy. This was somebody that there was a conspiracy to hurt and to harm. This was somebody whom it looked like he would never amount to anything. This was somebody whose life was full of troubles, issues, difficulties, hardships. This was somebody that people had given up on him. His father thought he was dead. His brothers thought they had finished him. But nobody can finish you when God has not determined you. Nobody can end your life and your destiny when God has not determined so. And whatever they throw at you to keep you down and under, God will cause those things to become a springboard that will launch you into greater things. Shout, I receive it. I end with this story. There was a donkey, an old donkey, who had, where his master was concerned, outlived his usefulness. 
One day the donkey fell into an old abandoned well and started neighing. The people heard and when they went to check, it was this old donkey. When they told his master that this donkey, I don't have any use for it again. It's a good thing that it has fallen into this well. This well now, it is a danger. It's a trap. So let's fill it with sand. So as the donkey is in it, they started fetching sand and pouring it in. And pouring it in. Initially, the donkey was screaming, neighing, making a lot of noise. Then at the point, they couldn't hear the voice or the sound of the donkey anymore. They thought that the donkey was dead. And they kept heaping in the sun. They kept heaping in the sun. They kept heaping in the sun. And then suddenly, they saw the head of the donkey coming up to the surface. And they were shocked. But what they didn't realize, that when they heap in the sand, the donkey climbs on top of it. When they heap in more, the donkey climbs on top of it. When they heap in more, the donkey climbs on top of it. So at the point, the donkey realized that all the troubles that were coming its way were actually something that God was going to use to work out his salvation, work out his deliverance, and work out his blessing. May I declare to somebody today, your troubles, your battles, your persecutions, your oppressions, your difficulties, God is going to use them as a springboard into greatness, into deliverance, into salvation for you. You will come out of whatever pit you find yourself in. You will do well, you will travail, and you will triumph in this life. I declare to you again, 2022 will be your year of progress and advancement. Clap your hands unto the Lord, rise to your feet, and let's end today's service. Hallelujah. Every head bowed and every eye closed, please. This morning, I want to give you an opportunity to give your heart to Jesus. Progress and advancement will never be the story of your life until you surrender your heart to Jesus and receive him as Lord and Savior. And today, you have a fine opportunity to tell Jesus that Jesus I've been running away from you for so long today I'm running no more I'm coming to you and I'm coming running to open my heart to you and receive you as my Lord and Savior as every head is bowed and every eye closed you want me to pray with you to receive Jesus as your Lord and your Savior if you're watching me and you're hearing me clearly God is speaking to you and he's trying to get your attention today He's right where you are and he's right here because he's omnipresent and his presence is everywhere. But you want me to pray with you for Jesus to become Lord of your life. Wherever you are, can you lift up your right hand and I'm going to pray for you. God bless you. God bless you. Lift up your hand very clearly. I see your hands. I see your hands. Listen, it's between you and your God. Don't let anybody deceive you and confuse you. 
it's an individual affair lift up your hand very clearly god bless you if you are watching me you lift your hand where you are i cannot see you but jesus can see you now if you've lifted up your hand i need you to do one more thing for me i want you to walk from where you are and come and meet me in front here don't change your mind come if you've lifted your hand come right now come i can see you clap for them as they come if your hand is lifted come don't be shy don't be afraid don't feel funny don't feel awkward come come right now come to jesus he's calling you today come to him come to jesus come to jesus you may be young you may be old you may be but a child you may be an adult but jesus is interested in you for your soul is precious to him and what shall a man give in exchange for his soul hallelujah now those of you standing in front here and then those of you who in your room you've decided to commit your heart to jesus I want you to pray this prayer with me and I want everybody else to join in that prayer. Say heavenly father. Heavenly father. This morning. This morning. I come to you. I come to you. Just as I am. Just as I am. Oh God. Oh God. I know. I know that I am a sinner. That I am a sinner. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. For all my sins. For all my sins. Please wash me. Please wash me. With the blood of Jesus. With the blood of Jesus. From today. From today. I open my heart. I and my life, and my life to, Jesus. to Jesus and I receive him, and I receive him as, my Lord as my Lord and my Savior, and my Savior. for the rest of my life, for the rest of my life I, will serve him, I will serve him and I will follow him, and I will follow him. thank you Father thank you for hearing my prayer, hearing my prayer. I, believe I believe in Jesus, in Jesus that he is the son of God he came to die for me but he rose again Again. On, the third day. on the third day he's alive, he's alive. Forevermore. forevermore I know, I know that, he will return that he will return one day, one day. And, when he comes, and when he comes I will be with him, I will be with him forevermore. forevermore this is my faith this is my, faith. This is my, hope. This is my hope thank you father, thank you, father. I, am saved. I am saved I am saved I am, saved. I am, born, again. I am born again I am a child of God I, am a child of God. I thank you father I thank you in Jesus mighty name let everybody say amen amen thank you for listening to the shepherd's voice with pastor Johnny Awanyo we do hope that you were greatly blessed. For further inquiries, please call, WhatsApp, or send an SMS text to plus 233-243-886-622. God bless you.